Hi, and welcome back to The Abnormal Christian. I am Brad Mason. I am here with my wife, Natasha Mason. Howdy, howdy. She says, howdy, howdy. It's, a, it's nice. Ooh, you're talking. <laughs> so we've, we've, we're on episode 11. 11. This will be episode 11 for us. Um, if, you're li- if you're listening so far, I want to thank you for um, bearing with us. Um, some of these episodes are a little difficult for us to even, it's, it's, it's a different situation. You sit and talk and, um, you try and reason some things out in your mind and it, it can be a little bit of a, if you've never done a podcast before, it can be really unusual because you're just, uh, you really got to be on the spot with, with your thought processes and, and it can be a little bit of a challenge. I think sometimes, uh, for me uh, more so than my wife, because I tend to talk, um, 95% of the time, a lot. And that's only because you don't say anything, but, uh, but that's, you know, yeah, that's us. Uh, so we're more of a listener. You are more of a listener. listener. I need, yeah, I need more talking. So, uh, we've gone through, um, Passover and we've gone through, uh, man, some of these early episodes, you know, they were, uh, really dealing with what it means to be a, uh, abnormal Christian, a messianic believer, um, and really looking at stuff like that. So I think in this episode, we're going to take a little bit lighter. We're probably going to be a little less, um, heavy on the subject or content matter, maybe we'll stick with some easy stuff, right? You want to stick with some easy stuff? Some so softballs. So let's go with a let's go with a little bit of discipleship. Let's let's think about discipleship mm. for a minute, right? So uh, the Bible tells us to go into all the world, preach the gospel, and it tells us to make disciples of one another. Um, one of the major this is a major key point for me. I think that we fail so many times. Um, I think we are good at telling people about the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, Yeshua Hamashiach. Hebrew. Um, We're good at telling people about him and his sacrifice and what he did. And we're good at bringing people in and getting them saved. Um, And then we kind of let it muddle out. We kind of don't follow up. We putters out. Right. We direct most people to a church. We you want you to go to church. We want you to learn, you know. Um, the goal is getting them saved. Right. So and and that is what I think we we look at a lot of times is that our our very goal and outcome of what we do is to get people saved. Which there's not there that is a good goal. Right. It's a very good goal. So being that that is our goal, our initial goal, let's just start there. That's our initial goal is to get people saved. Uh, the real key question that we're going to, I guess we'll talk a little bit about is how do I do that? How can I do that? Um, what are some of the ideas um, that we can use uh, to witness to other people? Because I think this is a big problem for uh, Christians. I think this is a big problem for believers. Um, most of us get up every day. We go work a normal job. If you've got an eight-hour job, you're lucky. Most people are working 50, 60 hours a week now, um, and we don't have the opportunity to witness to other people. Um, well, I say that. Let me take that back. We do have the opportunity. We might not know how. That's the problem. We don't recognize good right. opportunities and how to capitalize on them because it just makes us feel uncomfortable in general. So We don't want people to think we're weird or uh, very uh, good that's a, that's a great point that's a good starting point too what is are they going to say about it if i say this yeah well if we're a meeting and i tell people that i pray what are they going to say or if i tell people that we went to congregation or i went to church or i they see me passover or, right or they see me reading my bible right i keep a bible at desk uh on my desk at work um occasionally i'll be reading it and somebody will see me and it never fails they're continuing their conversation they don't really care what I'm reading, and they want me to get involved in their stuff, right? But, you know, it's it's the point that it's there and that I'm, and it's not for me to show them. It's for me because I enjoy reading. I'm, I'm trying to work through the scripture now. Um, but the real key is, the real thing here is how do, we, how do we witness to other people? 
how do we witness to the lost? How do we witness to those around us? Um, and I kind of go back to, I worked in a warehouse for 20 years uh, with a bunch of guys. There's probably 100, 150 guys working there at any given time. Um, they're still there, and they're still working there. I'm just not there anymore. But one of the things that struck me as interesting, and I often brought it up, was how much people would talk about sports, how much they would talk about sports. They love sports. People would argue, and I mean, they almost got, between guys, it almost turned into full-on fist fights sometimes because people were so passionate about sports and that they were just it was they were going to argue that stuff like they were getting paid you know i mean these guys were you were one fan or the other and your team is worse than mine and we're the best and we've got more rings than you do and and it's just heated non-stop debates about this stuff just about every single day so i knew that if i went over there and talked to one of those guys and I talked about sports, then there was going to be good conversation because they knew sports. That's all they talked about, right? Um, so when we look at the believer side of that, and this is what you just mentioned, people are going to look at me like I'm weird or I'm crazy or, or things like that. Um, it's really having to put ourselves out there, right? Just like they're talking about sports, I can talk about the Word of God. You know, the one thing that I love most of probably anything on the world is to talk about the Bible. If somebody opens their mouth and I get the opportunity to work something in there about the Scripture, I'm coming. I'm coming strong, you know. So he's coming in hot. You got that right because you've seen me and you know how about you. I don't have that. I think at one point in my life I had that fear that hey, I'm going to lose a job or I could get fired for talking about this or um, somebody could p complain that I'm the religious guy, whatever. I, I was afraid of a lot of that. I think a lot of us are. Um, if you work in a professional field, um, you work in a public... Well, you work in a big corporation. Yeah. You work in a public setting. You know, we've got... There are so many rules about... Um, I worked for one company that they had a rule that if somebody overheard your conversation and it offended them, they're not in your conversation, but they overheard it and it offended them, you could get in trouble for that, right? So it really discouraged people from... I, I know they were really focusing on profane things. Right, We don't want people talking about each other or gossiping, and if it hurts somebody's feelings, you could get in trouble. But in the world we live in now, that goes as far as religion. You're not supposed to discuss religion because if your viewpoint offends somebody else and you hurt their feelings, they can turn you into your boss, and you can get wrote up for that. And and some extreme cases, you could get terminated for that. That has happened. Um, and so, the, you know, as believers, we it's almost like the faith type thing. Where do we put our faith? Do we put our faith in that God is able and willing to take care of us in all situations? Or do we hold back for fear of what the world is going to do to us? And if we hold back, are we not holding back from those around us? We're not giving them, you know, it's the idea that we're giving them life. If we're, if you're in a boat and people are falling out and they're drowning and you're sitting there with a bunch of life jackets and you don't throw them out for whatever reason, you're afraid you're going to be sued for saving somebody, right? But you've got all the answers and all the life jackets and you don't throw those out. I mean, you're just letting people die. So it's kind of the same thing. Um, we're, we're around these people and they are dying. They're going to die and they're going to suffer. Um, if we believe that hell is real and that separation from God truly exists, we really should be obligated. I, I mean, because, you know, you work with coworkers and you can fairly well tell who probably has no relationship with God and who maybe and who does. And, right. You know, you're always making those judgments whether or not you should. Right. And I think I think a lot of the problem is, is being led by the Holy Spirit. Um, I think the uh, it depends on what denomination you're in, and I'll say that up front. There's there's people who are going to listen to this from different denominations, and they have different views of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost, and they have different views on everything else. All the 
all the powers of the Holy Ghost, whatever. Everybody's got a different opinion on that. And I think they react to the Holy Spirit based on how they feel or what they were taught, what they grew up believing, right? Um, there have been times that I have been moved to tell someone about God, about, you know, or even just talking to somebody, see how their day's going, see how they're feeling, because it's an opening, it's a door. But it's not, I, but it has been an emotional move that the Lord has said, you need to go over there and talk to them. And a lot of people say, oh, you're hearing from Jesus. You know, remember a couple of weeks ago, mm -hmm. the lady uh, laughed at uh, Mike Pence, the vice president, because he claimed that he, heard from the Lord. And she's like, oh, you're, if you're having a conversation with Jesus, then you're mentally unstable. And the simple truth of the matter is the Bible says the Holy Spirit is a still small voice that speaks to us. And I'm not saying he's never going to say anything that the scripture doesn't say. He's never going to give you a new revelation, right? He's not going to tell you the day that Jesus is coming back, not going to happen. He's not going to tell you something new, you know, uh, that you don't know uh, about the scripture. He's going to, you might, he might open your eyes to some things. He might help you grow an understanding, but he's not going to give you anything contrary to the word of God. Um, so sometimes the Holy Spirit is going to move you and it's going to nudge you. And sometimes it's going to be that little thought of, hey, I should uh, leave this waitress another $10. Or, hey, I should um, give that guy on the corner 20 bucks, Or, hey, I should stop and talk to these people. You know, um, a couple of weeks, it's been, it was back before uh, December, I think, uh, when I told you about those kids over at Walmart. There was mm -hmm. a local Walmart here, um, and I was pulling into the Walmart to pick up some I don't remember what I was going to get, but I was going to pull in and get a couple things. And there were two kids standing out there with a sign that said, uh, need some clothes or food or something like that. And they looked to be you know, late teenagers, you know, whatever. So I went down. I was just going to drive on by. And I felt like I was being told, you need to go back and talk to them, right? So I went back and talked to them, and they told me what they needed. Um, I pulled it, it. It caused me to pull off of the road to get out of my car and to walk over there to where they were. Number one, that's huge. For me, that's huge. But I think for most of us as believers, that would be huge because I don't think most people are going to go out of their way, don't want to go out of their way. It's uncomfortable. Here I am walking across traffic looking like an idiot, you know, going over here to these people that we deem to be beggars. You know, I mean, you don't, you don't know them from no, anybody. No, no, you have no have clue. A gun in their pocket. Yeah, we could live under that fear, you know, but I was just doing what I was feeling like the Lord was telling me to do. So I went over there and I got, um, got what they needed and went to Walmart and bought the stuff and gave it to them. And I don't say that to, to brag on me at all, but just to say that, you know, if I don't react to when the Holy Spirit calls me to react, I'm missing an opportunity. Talking to you. Yeah, he could. And I'm missing an opportunity to be used by God. I think one of the things me personally, as, uh, as, as a believer that I'm constantly crying out to God is use me, Lord, use me, you know, and I've, I've made this thing that I've told the Lord in my own prayer life, that if you will send people to me, I will tell them about Jesus. I will point them back to you. That is what I'm going to do. It's not going to be a, a, uh, it doesn't matter. I don't care. It doesn't matter the situation. It doesn't matter what it costs me. I'm going to tell them about Jesus because the, to me, there is no life. If you haven't got the Son of God, you don't have life. Because that's what he says. He said, he had, that hath the Son hath life. That To me, that's the ultimate goal of life, is to know Yeshua and to know him more. So, um, you know, taking that opportunity when I feel like the Lord is calling us to do something, or when we feel like he's calling us, we should be doing that. Um, but how do we, you know, for me and you, how do we... How do we have that conversation with our friends? How do we get engaged with our friends, as they, they like to say in the business realm, engaged? How do we get engaged? How do we bring that diversity to the table? So, I mean, how do we... I think it's hard. <clears throat> it's, you have to develop a, a relationship with people, generally, a basis relationship. 
to where you're comfortable talking and then you know if they're opening up and telling you about things that are going on in their life and whatever the case may be then then you can maybe have an opening but to just cold talk to somebody right. that you don't have any kind of it's it's difficult right and i agree and i think there to me there are two types of discipleship right so there's two types the one type is to be the preacher it's to where you go out you don't know anybody you stand there and you preach the word of god cold plain word of god to people and the object there is for them to hear the word of god and to respond to that either by giving their life to christ or taking that with them seed has been planted and somewhere along the way they face that question so but if they're listening to you as a preacher or pastor they that's what they're expecting from right you. exactly so there's not a whole lot of relationship building there so we know that's that to me prepared that's what they're going to get right from you. so to me that's step one that's the one of the two types the second type would be the kind of person who is building the relationship i think that's why when you look at the um the early uh congregation the early ecclesia in the greek um in the New Testament, which we would call is translated to church, that was a home type of things. They were done in people's homes. All these early groups and congregations were meeting in homes. They were um, inviting friends and family in. I think this is one of the reasons Yeshua, remember the story of the man who was uh, laid on the bed? They had to let him down through the roof because he couldn't walk. He wanted to be healed. And it said Jesus was in a house and he was preaching and teaching. And the people were so pressed against the house that nobody could get in. Why was he teaching them in a home? Why wasn't he teaching them in a, con- a church or a synagogue? There were synagogues. He went there. He'd gone to synagogues. Because Don't get me wrong. It doesn't matter where you're at. Right. And that, and he is building, this is why he told parables. He's building that relationship with the people. He's not just yelling at them about something and then walking off, which I'm not saying is wrong. We need preachers who do that. But at the same time, there's that element of, I'm going to, you know, some of the days he went and ate with the sinners and the Pharisees accused him. They're like, well, look, he must be a wine bibber because he's over there eating with the sinners and they're drinking and he's carrying, he's going to talk with them and sit with them and build a relationship with them. Then he's going to tell them that he is the uh, bread of life, that he is the living water, that if you're thirsty, you don't have to thirst anymore. You can drink of me. Whoever drinks of me will no longer be thirsty. So, you know, he uh, the scripture really gives us this relationship. He's bringing 12 guys with him the whole time. Everywhere he goes, he's got these 12 disciples with him, and he's teaching them as he goes. This is And this is the point of discipleship is that it's we are glad to have the preachers out there. We're glad to have the men of God who will go out there and who will share the word of God openly and who will take a stand and who will say, this is not compromisable. You only go to heaven one way, and that's through the Son of God. And then there are the people like us the people who have to sit back, we're not called to that position to be up there preaching. We're not called to be whatever it is in any congregation you go to. We're the people who are sitting there and we're receiving this information. And then we have to take that out to the world where we're at the majority of the time. Most of us, if you go to a church and you're a regular attendee three three times a week, you're there three hours a week. The rest of your week is spent away from that congregation and you're in the world. So you should be taking what you learn there. Hopefully you're learning something and you should be taking that and you should be going into the world to your friends and your family and your coworkers. And you should be, you should be passing along that knowledge and really, um, exemplifying Christ. I think that's the best answer there. Cause I think we talk about this. We talk about the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, long suffering, the nine fruits of the spirit there. We talk about them. And I've said before, these are the spirits. These are the fruits of the spirit. These are not the fruits of Brad or the fruits of Natasha or the fruits of anyone. These are not fruits. They're not called my fruits. They're called the fruits of the spirit because they're his. So whenever I'm uh, needing to be more uh, patient, I have to let the spirit be more patient in me. 
Um, I have to let him be more. When I need more love, he has to be my love. He has to be more love for me. Um, so I think when we go out and we witness to people, there's a lot of times, I think there's a, there was a song a long time ago that was talking about, um, I want to be like the moon because it reflects the sun. So let me reflect Jesus. And I, you know how I am. I get, I get on something and it'll grind me to no end. And that song ground me to no end because I'm sitting there going, I don't want to be a reflection. That's not what I'm called to be. Yeah. We're called to be a light in the world, a light. Um, if you look at light where it comes from, say a candle, it's coming off of that flame directly. It's not reflecting that light comes from that flame. And so, uh, you know, the Bible says our God is a consuming fire. If that flame lives in us, then that light that comes out of us comes from a flame. It's not coming from a reflected source. And that's just nitpicky, I know. But the point is, is if we're going out and we're living amongst our friends and our families and we're trying to figure out a way to be a witness to them, the only and the best way to be a witness to them is to allow Christ to live in us. Let the Holy Spirit live in us and let him shine from us. Because when we do that, um, when we allow him to work in us and we, we let him use our hands to do good works, you know, Paul says, if you, uh, you, you want to see my faith, You'll see it by the works that I do, right? So if we want our friends and our families to know that we love the Lord and that we care about him, if we don't want to walk up and we don't want to sit there and say, look, Bill, um, Bob or Joe or whatever, um, if you don't get saved, you're going to hell. If we don't want to do that, then we have to love them and we have to allow Christ to live in us and shine through us and use us for his purpose. That's how we don't, we don't ever convert anybody. I've never converted anybody. The Holy Spirit of God has done the work. I do nothing. I tell people, I allow Christ to take me in the direction that I need to go. I let him um, use my speech or whatever it is to relay what he wants to relay to somebody. And then he convicts, he draws them, and then he saves them. I do nothing of my own. Um, so I think that's really key and important for us to remember is that we don't, um, we don't go around saving people. God does the work. Um, the only thing we can do, here's how we can affect this directly. We can restrict to some degree, the Holy Spirit. The Bible says he's like a dove, you know, um, and he speaks in that still small voice. And if we resist him, if we resist what he wants us to do, um, he's either going to have to find somebody else to do it or, and we lose our, we lose our opportunity to be that, that light to allow him to live in us. Um, so it's up for us to make that decision is if we're going to go out, we're going to make disciples, right? We're going to go out and we're going to live in this world and we're going to be believers and we're going to, um, we can't just turn our radio on Caleb and leave it there and think that's enough. You know, I'm gonna, what? yeah, I know. I know that lets you down. I uh, can't listen to Danny Gokey all day. And, no. uh, so, but I'm just saying we can't, you know, I mean, I used to wear t-shirts that had Bible verses on them and stuff and people knew you want to put yourself on a, on a, on a pedestal to where people pay attention to you, wear a shirt with a Bible verse on it and then do something stupid and see if that doesn't come back to bite you in the rear end. Um, but the point there is, is if we're going to be out there and we want to live like Christ and we want to glorify God and we want to show him to the world around us, um, then we need to, we've got to pick our battles. We have to separate ourselves from the world to some degree. We have to say we're different. We're going to live a different life than you. We're going to talk differently. This is one of the um, major aspects I think we miss in Christianity today is a lot of my Facebook friends curse on Facebook just like they post Bible verses. I mean, you'll see it. They'll be cursing somebody, calling them every kind of name you can think of. And then the next day there's some, well, God's good to God be to glory. You know, come on, man. If we're going to be different from the world or we're going to live apart from the world or we're going to be uh, children of God, we need to constrain our tongue. We need to constrain a lot of things about ourselves. Um, but, but that way it's so they can see, so they know 
who lives in us. Um, and we have to give him full, full leeway there. So, so that's a, yeah. I mean, if you're going to go out and witness this kind of a point to start, um, one of the stories I will tell a couple, bam, I don't know, been over a year now, maybe, maybe a little less than a year, but I'd, I'd been working with some guys, um, and they, you know, I was their boss, man, supervisor, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, I was just talking about the Lord and, and for about a two week solid period, I don't know when the, when I get, sometimes the Lord gets on me and the Holy spirit is on me. I just talk, you know, and I was talking about God and I was trying to really engage with these two guys and, uh, really trying to answer questions that they had. They would ask me a question, um, uh, because I, I view things from the messianic Hebraic mindset. So I was trying to explain a little bit to them. They were both guys who, um, had an understanding of the scripture, had an understanding of church and stuff like that. Um, so after about a two week period, I was talking to one guy and I was telling him about salvation and being born again and what it meant and, and all these things while we were working. And, um, and I just got to the point to where I had told him, I know for the two weeks I had told him enough. And I'm just like, you know, it was just like, I've told you enough. That's the way it felt on the inside is that the Lord is saying, you've told him enough. And so I just looked at the guy and I'm like, you know, uh, I've told you and you need to be saved. What do you what are you going to do about that? I mean, there's nothing else I can tell you. Cause he was asking questions and I said, there's nothing else I can tell you. What are you going to do? And he's like, well, I guess I need to be saved. And I said, well, yeah, okay. That's yeah, that's exactly what you need to do. And I said, the other question is, is when are you going to do that? And he's like, well, I guess I need to do that now. So, you know, it, it really got to that point to where, and I, and you remember that period. Cause mm-hmm. I was so me personally was on like cloud 10 because it's just being used by God that way is not something that I, that has happened to me a lot. I don't, you know, but it was that willingness to, to respond to the Holy spirit to say, Hey, you need to talk about this with these guys. You need to talk about my word with them. You need to talk about my character. And more so than anything, I think it's talking about the character of God to people. They don't know. People think God is oppressive that he's sitting there with a big lightning bolt waiting to strike them down. You know, you, you grew up, you hear the Bible belt here, uh, in the South and you'll hear the term Bible thumper. They say that a lot. That's the guy who comes up and hits you over the head with a Bible. He's the Bible thumper. So when people think about God, that's the way they see him. But if we're not if we're not out there living that example and we're not out there to be a verbal testament to, no, that's not how God is. He's not here trying to crush you. If anything, he's trying to save you. He gave you every opportunity. He gave you his son, his own son, to die in your place. Um, you know, if we're not out there doing that, people are not going to know. They're not going to see it. Um, and if you're listening to this and you're in the United States, still believe this. There are people out there who don't know. There are people out there who still do not understand what it means to be a Christian. I know them. I mean, uh, I think atheism is growing uh, rapidly in the United States and around the world. I think um, some other religions are growing uh, just as fast. But there are a lot of people out there who just don't. They've heard the stories, they know the holidays, but they don't know anything about God. So, you know, when we inter- when we interact with others and we can sit there and say that, man, you know what, I had a rough week last week, but the Lord really provided for me. You know, people are like, hmm, what's he talking about? What does he mean the Lord provided for him? And then when we can be specific about it, hey, man, I remember one time I needed a washer and dryer, and I'm, you know, I was praying, I need a washer and dryer, and three days later, boom, somebody's giving me a, giving me a washer and dryer for free. You know, I mean, it's, it's being able to go up to people and say, man, you won't believe what happened. I needed this and God provided it. You know, I think we, for too much, we, we say luck, we use the word luck and we, oh, man, I really hope I, I'm lucky and boy, you're lucky. And, and, you know, too many people that we use the phrase blessed, oh, be blessed. Hope God blesses you. But we don't ever tell anybody really when God does bless us. If he gives us the opportunity to say, you know what? 
last week I didn't have any bread and woke up yesterday and there was a free loaf of bread on my porch. I mean, it sounds silly, but bless God and tell somebody. I mean, give him the glory for whatever it is, how trivial it is, how, how large it is. It doesn't matter. Give him the glory so that the people around us can see that God is living in us and working in our lives. And that's going to open those doors and give us those opportunities to go to that person and say, man, you know what? Um, it's, it's, uh, it's really good to know the Lord and you really, you know, I think you could use this in your life. I mean, I know in my personal life, there are still a few people that I know that I'm pretty close with that I think, um, need a relationship with God. I know they're probably not even listening to this podcast, but I know they need a relationship with God. And I know that there are some, some people it's almost, it can happen overnight and some people it's going to take a lot of prayer and it's going to take a lot of time. And it's, you know, um, just making sure that you're there for them, being able to witness to them. Um, because ultimately this is a life and death, um, an eternal destination type of deal. Um, so making disciples of others is not really, it's not that easy sometimes, uh, but it's always being willing to be open and allowing the Lord to use us to accomplish uh, his good works. Um, you got anything else to say about that? No. You got anything to say about that? <laughs> I'm just picking with you. Um, so, yeah, so the discipleship, that's, uh, that's another episode. So mm-hmm. discipleship. There's a lot more to be said just about all this stuff. I mean, we're not the definitive um, know-it-alls to everything scripture-wise, but um, making disciples of one another, it should be our goal, is to get people saved. That was the first place we just went this whole episode on, right, is to get people saved. Um, so that's the first step in our discipleship. The second step in discipleship is going to be uh, training and teaching, uh, things like that. So our next episode is really going to deal with looking at discipleship from the side of, hey, I've witnessed somebody and they've got saved, now what? So that's going to be our next episode. Episode 12, twelve. will be yeah, will be about uh, the further steps of the discipleship. So hopefully this will help you out. Um, if you you know if you see someone, uh, you hear someone, you know someone. If you feel the Holy Spirit's leading you to do something, I encourage you one hundred percent to give into it. Um, let the Holy Spirit use you. Um, I can't guarantee you it's not going to cost you anything. Um, because you know the word of God is a sword, and it, it divides and it separates, and there's there can be consequences for it. Uh, but at the same time, there is a joy in knowing that others around us um, have come to believe and have a relationship with the the same wonderful God that we serve and worship. Uh, outside of that, this has been the Abnormal Christian, and we will catch you next time. Bye. <laughs>